You're listening to Trade Entrepreneur, the show for business owners by business owners. I'm your host, David Sudworth, and welcome to this week's show. Thank you once again for joining me on the Trade Entrepreneur podcast. We've got the uh, almost like the second instalment of an interview today. Um, when I first started this podcast, um, I invited uh, a fair few people on to be interviewed. And one, one of my first guests was uh, the guest who's returned today, Alistair Kemp. Alistair is a uh, chimney sweep uh, from the Wiltshire area of England and we had a we had a good long chat about uh, expanding businesses, and uh, around twelve months ago when we had the conversation, Alistair was uh, umming and ahhing about whether to take on uh, a, a, another person to grow his one person band into maybe two or three, etc. So um, we went through some of the uh, some of the upsides, some of the downsides. Uh, but like I said, that was 12 months ago, and a lot can happen in 12 months. So it's great to have Alistair back on. Alistair, tell the listeners of Trade Entrepreneur Podcast, did you do it? Did you expand <laughs> your business? Uh, well, in I'm trying to think when it was. I sort of spoke to you early part of last year, um, and I, I, I think how at that point how I'd left it in my head was I'm just going to carry on as myself, and if the right person comes along, then I'll 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 look at it again and perhaps go for it if I bump into into the right person. But I'm not going to go actively seeking somebody. So in in the spring last year, um, came across this chap who's a customer of mine and everything, and got chatting to him, and he seemed to be quite a good fit, and he was quite interested and keen to come on board. Um, so that then sort of re- reignited that spark, um, and we he came out a bit, and we got to know each other a bit, and then came silly season, um, sort of September to Christmas, and you know how it gets. And I've I've got to say the decision was sort of almost sort of taken out of my hands. Um, just because I was, I just can't cope with this on my own. Um, I, I'm either going to have to pull the plug on stuff and let people down. Um, and to be honest, I was feeling I was letting people down because I was, I was having customers phone up. Um, most customers will rebook a year in advance, but it doesn't suit some people. And I was having people I'd served for a number of years phoning up, phoning them up in in October or something like that. And I was saying, I can't put you in until end of January, start of February. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those that I were, I was trying to fit in, I was sort of doing on evenings and everything and just working myself into the ground, had no fallback for any sort of problems or callback type issues. Cause all those sort of spaces were filled with, customers that were deemed for one reason or another to be urgent um and i just thought i've got no spare capacity here as well uh, at all um and in fact my my back went uh, and i was out of action for about four or five days and it was a bit how on earth am i going to fit this four or five days of work in um which i sort of did but just sort of coming back from when you're 
you're backsconning it and you're straight back into it busier than you were before and sort of doing some weekend stuff and everything which I really didn't want to do uh, just trying to catch up um, and um, I had this chap who had been doing some training with me and everything and it was a bit well am I going to do this or not and made that made that decision that we were um, so um, he obviously had to complete his training with me and some formalized training mm-hmm. as well um, he went off and did that and at the start of December which was later than I could have done with the help really um, but at the start of December he, he came on board so um, and that sort of changed things as they're running today quite a bit so I mean, that's, I mean, that's excellent. I mean, I must, I must be honest, Alistair, when we chatted last year, I, it, it, I wouldn't have put money on you expanding, <laughs> expanding the business, um, because you were, you were hesitant. Um, but it sounds like you were pretty hesitant up until the point that you actually said, yes, I need to do this. Um, but, all, but you kind of feel that, I kind of feel that if your hand hadn't been pushed in a certain direction, i.e. you hadn't got a bad back, you hadn't been so over with work, you probably would have still been uh, been a one-person band. Is that is that a position that you kind of felt a bit... Do you think, in retrospect, you'd probably think, I should have done that a little bit sooner. I should, I should, I should, have, I should have taken control of it rather than the situation taking control of me. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I would rather not been in the position that because I, I sort of I suppose out of uh, last what six seven years I've been trading the end of last year I felt was probably the worst customer service I've I've provided and I don't like that because my business has always been based on good customer service and is that is, is that purely on availability you mean uh, on availability on um getting back to people on emails just getting back to inquiries um uh we do stove installation work as well as my, my son predominantly does that side of things um so i was having quotes and stuff coming in for that side of the business um and woodburn has just sort of taken off massively in the last year and i i was just struggling to like just get a quote to some people getting get to a survey for uh for people and that isn't how i operate mm. and then then you end up start to miss some emails and you get someone to come back to yourself we, we we spoke a few weeks ago and we haven't heard from you and i was sort of thinking i never wanted to be mm. the person like that mm. um and it was i've i've got to do something about it so in in in, in hindsight i've I suppose, yes, I wish I'd made that decision before, but I needed the right person to make that decision with, albeit out actively seeking somebody. Um, And and also, I'm I'm only a few months in, um, and it's still early days to know whether that was the right decision for me or not, really. Mm. Um, I I obviously like to think it is, and everything's going fine at the moment. but it's um, but yeah, um, we shall shall sort of see. And I, I don't necessarily necessarily feel 
free from that that risk of mm. not being able to cope with the workload necessarily. Um, but it's um, I feel in, in, in a better position to how I was. I mean, uh, it, it's so it, it's so interesting because you know I, I've been in the same situation as you, Alistair. Were um, I distinctly remember there was one time, and this was literally the last day before I was due to finish for Christmas a few years ago. Um, and I I pulled up on my driveway, and I thought, oh, there's a there's a voicemail. And I listened to the voicemail, and it says, uh, well, you're just wondering where you are. You're meant to be coming this morning, I think. And this was like at 6 o'clock at night after a hellish last day. And I thought, they've got the wrong number. And I looked through my emails, and there it was, and I'd forgot, forgotten to book them in. And right, yep. and so I actually went and did that job because that was my yep. fault. Uh, yep. But at that particular moment, I I resolved to myself that that this was becoming. I mean, it was certainly wasn't the. It certainly wasn't a pattern, but I've, I've I I recognised it could be the start of a pattern. Yeah, um, and I te- you tend to find that I, I tend to find that people go one or two ways. They either think, "No, I've got to solve this," or you think, "Well." I'm I'm the business owner. You're the customer. You just have to get what you're given. And you know I can I can I can't cut myself in half. I mean I can't be in two places at once. Uh, you should have booked earlier, and kind of take that attitude. Um, and a lot of people do take that attitude. I actually think it's the the wrong attitude, which is I think it's partly why trade people get such a bad name because they they fall for that that kind of attitude. But it was just fascinating to hear that you felt the customer service element was dipping so you proactively decide to do something and sometimes it does usually take a an incident or a couple of minor things to think i need to get on top of this before it actually gets on top of me yeah yeah well and i probably left it too late for that point to <laughs> but it's because it, it isn't a flick of a switch no you, you can't instantly have oh I, I'll have an extra pair of hands now. It, it, it takes time to to source and to train to put stuff in place in your business. Um, and when when you're busy, you struggle to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I mean, what, what would what would you say to people who are listening to this and thinking, well, all you're doing really is you're just training up your competition. You're just <laughs> You know, you're giving someone a job, and it could be anyone, by the way, um, uh, and they'll go off and start sweeping chimneys and take your customers. Because that, obviously, that's that's the that's the usual charge that's levied at people who who want to uh, expand their business. Yeah, but if if you've got more work than you can deal with anyway, what's the problem in having competition? <laughs> and I would rather have competition that. I knew did a good job rather than competition that did a rubbish job. Um, so I'd rather have competition that I got on with and had a, a business relationship with uh, that if I've got something I can't do or um, something I can't fit in, that I've got somebody reliable I can I can pass work on to. I, I would rather have that um, and it, if I'd be sort of sitting there, so no, I'll just keep keep taking people, keep taking customers on, keep taking customers on. 
but not have capacity to deal with them, um, it's just going to get to breaking point at some stage. Um, so uh, I think, I don't know, probably when you talked to me last year, I, I might well have been one of those thinking, well, what if I, uh, I, I suppose it wasn't so much sort of thinking, oh, if I train somebody out and then they become competition, that's I'm going to lose work to them because I wasn't, I truly wasn't bothered about that. Mm-hmm. It was more, I put time, effort, and money into training somebody, and and, and then they walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's just coming to a point that you accept that that can happen, mm-hmm. and 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 maybe accept that. Okay, if I get sort of two, three years out of this person, and then they decide to walk, then fine, um, and. Maybe sort of thinking to yourself, or the person I've got, I I don't think will be the sort of person that would do that. Or if they come to that decision that that's what they want to do, then they'll they'll have a discussion with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but that's never going to be guaranteed. No, uh, I think I, I, I think I think when you when you're taking some someone on, you've got you've got to almost rely on. Um, on instinct, um, your, your own instincts, and also uh, a realization that you've got to have someone who's, who's, who has similar values to you. Because if they don't, then then that will be a very short, uh, a very sh- short-lived thing. But uh, I mean, obviously, you, you're only a few, a few months into it. How is your has your mindset changed at all um, in terms of how you look at how you look at business? Um, compared to when you were on your own? I suppose so. I, I, I suppose one of the things I'm starting to think now is, well, where do I want to be in five years' time or something? Mm. You, you, you know, so rather than just plodding on with day-to-day, I'm trying to look to where do I want, where, where do I want to be and where mm. does the business want to be, you, you know, um, and and make decisions based on that really um so mindset wise yeah um i've i've got somebody else to consider it isn't it isn't just me it it, it's somebody else that is is part of the team i've got consider what suits him how he would like to work um i'm feel and I, I suppose part of that falls into the retention bit that you were just talking about there. Mm-hmm. That I, I want him, I want him to enjoy what he does. I want him to like working for for me and our our company. Um, that he doesn't want to go off and do stuff by himself. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting you said our, our company. And not my company, and that, and that I think is yeah, that's and that's very it, indicative, actually, Alistair. I think it, it, there's been I've I've sort of found myself changing bits I might sort of copied and pasted into emails and stuff like that. I'm still going through and keep changing those templates from <laughs> an I to a we and everything. Um, but I think that's a good thing because if if it's, I think I mean language is very important mm. and, and i think if if you are if it's a a master servant thing it doesn't work not for not 
it's, it, it might work in the in the very short term, but I think long term it it doesn't. Um, and it's almost like the company becomes it becomes more than you because it is more than you, and it kind of takes on a life of its own and it's its own entity. And you're and you're kind of yeah, you're you're the person who who who, who was the founder, you're the owner, but it's it's all, it's a it's a, it's it's a standalone entity. Um, which has, which now has different facets feeding into it. And yeah, I, I, I find that, um, you do become, uh, this sounds really coy and cheese, not coy, twee and cheesy. It's not meant to be, but when you said that you feel, um, a sense of responsibility, you also feel a sense of pride as well. Because at the end of the day, um, you're providing opportunities for people, and that I, I find that I find that an unexpected bonus to the whole to the whole yeah. expansion um, question. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, just uh, just talking to a chap the other day, he's sort of saying he's he's very happy with what he's doing and can see him doing this, you know, for the rest of his working days. You, you know, and. Um, and he's he's flitted around in different jobs and everything, so it's it's good that he feels quite well healed in this. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I, I think sort of going on from that, I think on the the way I've adopted is to be quite quite open about um, what I'm investing in, mm. how the business is going, what things are costing me, and everything. Um, which I get the feeling is quite different to maybe his perception mm-hmm. uh, as to what goes on behind the scenes. Um, so just just being quite open about everything that needs to be mm-hmm. sorted out, all, all the in, insurances, um, all the policy stuff you need to do, um, everything you need to pay for. How much the kit costs, but that's part um, of that's part of team or, building, or, isn't it? You're you're bringing yeah. someone in to to obviously p- provide a service and and do work, but but in order for that person to understand the why, like why they're doing that work and, and why it's costing this, then they need to they need to get under the bonnet and and, and look at the business with you, and sometimes yeah. they can have some. Really fantastic ideas. As business owners, we're we're so close to it that we perhaps we perhaps can't see the wood for the trees sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I think to sum it up, you you just get to a point that you think you you've got to make that step, so you you take it and just just go with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 still. Sliding along with the water at the moment. So we'll, um, how, how much was the um, the VAT question looming large in your mind when you made the decision? Because I, I, th- I think when we last spoke, you weren't VAT registered. I might be wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so probably unhelp- unhelpfully enough, everything happened at the end of last year, um, and uh, uh, but I was sort of ready for the, the VAT question by the fact I was I was taking somebody on. I was mm. sort of thinking I'm I'm running close to the limit as it is. Um and 
you, you obviously try to manage things so you, you you stay below the thresholds and everything. But the, unless you're going to thwart the business, it's mm. um, it, it's quite hard to do that. And knowing you're taking somebody else on was basically well, from taking somebody else on, I know that's going to produce mm. more turnover because it has to. Mm-hmm. So at some point we will get to that. But I got the phone call from the accountant. So about the same week, I'd confirmed with my fellow that he he was he was mm. starting out working by himself. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I said, right, okay, so I'm, I've got new chap starting, and I've got VAT stuff to deal yeah. with. Um, so, or, or, and it was literally all in the same week that that came in at the at the start of start of December. So there's. Uh, Merry, a lot of, Merry Christmas, yeah. Alistair. He's, he's a double whammy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So we, we are now VAT registered, um, and all the joy that that brings. Um, so it's so it, essentially business wise, that sort of meant my price has gone up twenty percent. Um, and and I suppose I've been a little bit conscious that. Most have gone up twenty percent, and there's a new face turning up on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, how are my customers going to be with that? Um, and I, I guess time will be the telling. Um, you, you know, I haven't had too bad feedback on on that front, really. Um, a, a couple of people maybe sort of questioned price when they phoned up. Mm. Uh, I certainly haven't had a, a landslide of people or a landslide of feedback mm. on, on that front. Um, it's a diff- so- it's a difficult one. Um, your time your time scales very similar to mine. Um, I started to expand the business because I knew it was going to we were going to hit the VAT threshold. So I, I, we got a I got like a three or four month run up towards it. Um, and again, like you. I was like, uh, "There's a new face turning up at the door um, with a with a with a, with a larger bill in their hand." Yeah, um, and yeah, it it does it does jar with some customers. I think I think we'd both be lying if we said it didn't, but not the vast majority. Um, and I think I know. I, the upsetting thing always is when you've been somewhere for a good few years. And then they don't book again, and you know it's it's either because of price or a new face. The comforting thing I find is that you could almost predict it that that person is likely to do that, uh, that, yeah. that and by and large that's been the case. But then again, I suppose it's just that's just how well we know our customers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would be. Um, uh, the, the time of the telling for me will be with the rebookings, really, because mm. uh, not everybody's going to give you that feedback. Then, and I suppose if I put myself in the customer's shoes, I'll, I might sort of think, "Oh, that was a nice job, but um, that's gone up a bit, hasn't it?" So I wonder who else is about, and I wonder how much they're charging, mm. um, and then maybe give somebody else to go and. Whether they give somebody else to go and like it or don't like it in terms of the service they get and then come back to us or just accept that 
I, I suppose what it fell into at the end of last year, um, and you can take it as a plus or a minus, really, that everything was going up. Mm. So, so the fact that the chimney sweeping bill was going up just went along with every, everything else that, that that was going up, and petrol and fuel and everything had gone up. Um, so people were sort of naturally increasing their prices anyway. Mm-hmm. It worked against me really because my my running costs had gone up in terms of the fueling in particular. Um, but I felt I can't put up my prices and add that and put a new face on the doorstep. Mm. Would have been one one step too far. So so my uh, it, if anything, I can sit back and sort of say, no, my prices haven't gone up. I've just added back to them mm. uh, in the months when prices from everybody else are going up. Um, but alongside that, I do appreciate that household bills are under strain and some people are going to either look to cut things out or economise on things um, or search around or whatever. And I've, I've just got to accept that. Yeah, I, make- I, I think, I think you know, keeping prices at a... I think freezing prices in in this kind of economic environment, I think is 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 putting off the inevitable, um, uh, and it's kind of yeah, you, you just not want to have that difficult conversation now, but you're going to have, to have that conversation at some point because you can't because no business in the history of commerce has ever not put up prices and yeah. and remain um and remain competitive or remain, remained in business. You've all, you've always got to. You, you've you've got to, in your own words, um, provide a certain level of customer service, and a certain level of customer service is always going to charge more. Um, you know, the good thing for you now is that you can say yes, um, our prices have gone up, but we've pretty much doubled our capacity. So yeah. you're not waiting six weeks for us. In the busy times, you might be waiting three weeks or two weeks or, or whatever. Um, and and I and I find that generally speaking, convenience is a bigger factor for a lot of customers compared to cost. Yeah, I, I, I would say I've certainly got no fears for the busy seasons. Hmm. Um, it, I think it's probably more the the off season time mm. um, that that the pain might be felt when people aren't in the rush for things to be done, mm-hmm. uh, particularly, uh, and people might have a phone around and see see what they they can get. I sort of think if we're sort of busy season and able to offer re- relatively prompt appointments um, and to. To be honest, it's hard to tell how how much I will manage to reduce my waiting list come September mm. on. Um, so I'm about. I mean, you, you might look at me, sort of think, "Oh, you should have a a bigger handle on this than you do." But I I, I tend to look at things and get a feeling for them mm. rather than sit, sit down and go over figures and know exactly how things are going to be. Mm. But I sort of look at it and sort of thinking, right, okay, we were booking three months plus ahead in the busy busy season. It's definitely going to be less than that. Mm. Uh, whether that equates to 
booking six weeks ahead or booking two weeks ahead, I don't know. Um, I just know it will be better. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, of course, if your back goes again, you've got someone to, to cover well, that, 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 the, that, that, that downtime. That's it. And uh, I, I, I suppose that sort of leads on a bit to new fears that then sort of go up as you then increase that, increase the capacity that you're doing. And you're promising appointments to people. Um, that then if one of us goes sick, you've still got that workload there. <laughs> so yeah. You're almost into, well, okay, if I've got, <laughs> if got somebody going sick, then do I need to have somebody else? To get- <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's sort of once you've, once you made that first step, it, it makes you sort of think, well, when will I be ready to take the next step? Um, so yeah, it's um, I, I, I do have that sort of kicking about in, in my mind as as I start to commit to more work. That that thing, um, like you, you said earlier, what what happens if somebody walks walks on you and uh, and they're gone? Uh, if they if they did that and I had all those jobs booked in and I haven't got time to train somebody else up quick enough to do them. Mm. And I'm booking jobs in for myself as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be straight back in the same position as I was, and probably worse because I've put people in, and then I'm I'm putting their appointment dates back because I can't make it. Mm. Um, so there are fears like that mm. going forward, um, but I've also got to set that at the minute I'm a small company, and that's that's the limitations of a small small company. Um, and I'll perhaps will make the decision to expand further sooner, um, sooner than I did with this, as as they not leave it to breaking point to take somebody on, but take somebody on in good time to cope cope with that work though coming in. Um, I don't know when that will be, <laughs> so or, or I don't know if we will get to that point. But mm. uh, I, I suppose yes, I'll be making assessments with that with. Uh, possibly with a bit, bit less trepidation. Do, do you? What would you say to someone who's listening to this and that they are they are pretty much where you were when you you were laid up with your bad back, um, but they just it just doesn't feel right. It their 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 fears are are outweighing their the enthusiasm for it well I, I suppose i would say you're you're at a watershed really you've got to go one way or the other mm. um and i don't see either path as the wrong way uh because taking the step that i've done to take take somebody else on into the business um that that comes with risk mm. and um, you hope that everything will go right, but it might not. If it doesn't, you've got to be prepared to sort of deal with that. So the alternative is to make that decision that you've you've got to shrink the business somehow. So you've whether you do that geographically or how you choose to do it, um, or whether you just uh, 
sort of say say to people, sorry, books for all not come out. Um, and some people do do that. Some people have yeah. sh- have shut their their list to new customers. Yeah, and I, I, I don't I, I don't see that as a bad decision. Um, I, I think you either decide to go one way or the other, and and part of that might be how you feel or perceive the risk of going either way with that decision is, um, and. And also, I suppose partly with that, what was fighting against me was maybe sort of my personal loyalty to some of the customers out there, mm. um, you know, that I've, I've been with. And I don't know, they might feel it less than I actually do. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it, you sort of think you're going to be leaving a load of people in the lurch. Um, yeah, that, I, I think that's a natural reaction. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to do that. Um, I'm sure a lot, a lot of them would just sort of say, "Oh, okay, well, good luck and thanks, thanks for giving us a service for the last few years." And uh, and it, if I was doing that, it would be nice to have somebody. You talked about competition. It would be nice to have somebody I could pass on to them that I know will do a good job for them. I think um, I think we do as business owners and people who have basically ran one person bands. I think mm. I think we do we do I think we overthink a lot of things and I think one of the things that we overthink is how much customers value us as a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, um and it, that's quite ego bruising actually because <laughs> yeah you know you think that they are basically just waiting for you to turn up but in reality as long as the job is done um i'd say the ones who care about who actually does the job uh, provided they have the same level of customer care i think that probably few, um probably fewer than one percent if that but um yeah it, it does it does wear on your mind because it's something that, that you've nurtured and you've nurtured that relationship and you're in essence saying i'm now changing the nature of that relationship and you kind of feel a bit a bit a bit bad for it and then it's compounded by the fact that some of those customers and it will be some of those customers um are the ones who don't read book <laughs> so it makes you feel <laughs> makes you feel worse <laughs> but yeah. but i, I think like i say i can probably count on the fingers of one hand the amount of customers that that's that's been the case of for us um uh i know i i remember having one customer who who sent a message saying that uh, they're not rebooking with us because we've turned into a, a national franchise? I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought well, <laughs> that's that's great that they think that we're a national franchise, but but we're not. But <laughs> that's you know that's the that, that, that was the perception of that customer and that didn't that didn't sit right with them. And funnily enough, this particular customer um, is one of the customers I, I, I didn't think would ever rebook uh, once we started to grow the business and um right it, it's uh per- perfectly fine perfectly nice customer but you know you know as well as i do you have certain customers who you remember for certain reasons and that and and that and that was one and that was one of the particular reasons uh there was i remember a certain number uh one customer who um uh <laughs> I don't know why, but they, they they rang me to say that um, the price has gone up too much. I explained that we had no choice 
we legally had to do it. They, ha- they actually told us we didn't have to do it and that we could just take cash and it would be fine. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not how this works, my face. Yeah. You know, and I said, there's no point blaming the government for it. I said, well, the government, whichever, whichever, sh- um, political colour it is, they set the VAT limit. I mean, that, that's funny enough, that's one of my bugbears. I do actually think keeping the, the, the VAT threshold at the current rate, um, as it has been, is a, is a, is a, is a dragging effect. It's, it's bringing more and more people mm. in, into that. And I'm sure I'd be surprised if, if that, um, if that changes. I think it should, but whether it does or not, um, well, I mean, it, I, I would, I would say it probably suits government to have more people go over the threshold and hmm. and, and and being paying back, um, you, you know. And it, it's, I mean, if it, from a customer point of view, they just see it, see it as a bottom line figure. Hmm. Uh, however, however, it's made up, whether it's got fat on it or it hasn't got fat on it, it's how much comes out of their bank account, um, and it it does make you feel a bit. Well, that's. That sort of put me on an unlevel pegging mm. with with competitors, um, but well, I think you've just got to pull yourself away from thinking it is people's decision are, 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 is just on price or how important price is to them. Um, I'm sure that varies with the area, um, and but I, I, I think as long as your price is reasonable. Mm. So, so as long as you're you're happy that you're charging a reasonable price uh, for the service that you offer, I, th- I, I think that's the important thing, rather than focusing on what what you perceive the customer may or may not pay. Yeah, I, I've I, I've I've always said that we we provide a certain level of customer service, and that customer service um, costs this amount of money, um, <laughs> and there's there's no getting away from that. If you want someone who's going to pick up the phone every time, if you want someone who's going to be prompt, professional, friendly, um, and have all the the bells and whistles that you might associate with with larger companies, um, then that and, and and you're doing it as a small company, then 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 that is gonna that is gonna cost. But I, th- I think, like I said before, I think generally speaking, if you can provide a USP and one of those being your availability, I think that pretty much trumps a lot of the concerns. I mean, silly season teachers as a sweeps one thing is that they get they get to a point where customers are just desperate to get someone because you're like the third, fourth, fifth person they've rang and they just can't get in touch with anyone. Um, yeah. So the, the, the mere fact that they're able to get someone in and that the position you'll be in is you'll be able to offer a much faster turnaround than you than others in your area may do and you have historically been able to do. So, Yeah, yeah. I'm no, I, I certainly was turning away business last year or, or business was coming to us but walking away because there wasn't a uh, appointment slot available um and I, I, I suppose it's been a little bit telling just just in the last couple of months i've had quite a few people um because i we send reminders out a week beforehand and everything um and there's there's been a notable number of people those reminders have gone out to 
that I've had an email back from them that said, oh, sorry, uh, got it done elsewhere. Mm. Uh, so it, it's all been done or they haven't said that. And it just said, oh, please cancel this appointment, mm. uh, which is to me that they've phoned up, they've take, taken the appointment from me. They've then carried on phoning around, found somebody sooner, got it done, and then forgotten to cancel our, our appointment. I think, which, a lot, I think a lot of sweeps have noticed up this year. That's been a big yeah. thing this year, I think. Yeah, and that, that's that's caused some diary stress, shall we say, uh, dependent on how much notice they decide to give you that, mm. that call. Because they, they get an email and then a text 24 hours before, and I've, I've had a few phoned up within that 24-hour period before and said, oh, we don't need you. Mm. And it's it, that, that sort of then messes your diary up for, for this time of year. And and to be fair, has pu- pushed that waiting list back um, with ghost appointments, mm. if you like, that I've, I've turned away or people have been booked later than they would like to have been because people are blocking appointments but have actually found uh, found a service elsewhere. Mm. Um, so if I can respond to people within a reasonable period of time, I will lessen that issue. Um so I think you yeah. I think you put yourself into a, into a uh, a stronger position this time last year. I think mm-hmm. you I think you're probably about about to embark on a on a a voyage of discovery <laughs> about I think, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, and, and and I think it's a question of accepting there are risks attached to taking business decisions and uh, just be aware that things can happen and if they do they shouldn't be a surprise to you and you can try and protect yourself from those as much as possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, it might happen. So, so but, gra- yeah. it's a, a, a great note to end on. Listen, Alistair, thanks very much for coming back on uh, uh, for, for, for a second grilling and just to, sh- just to share your expertise. I think it's, it's always fascinating when you hear people, uh, a bit later on um talking about stuff because the, the the perspective changes and there's so many people who listen to this who are who think about expanding their business or even they they have started to expand their business but they might have taken a few missteps and, and going backwards or um the the they're going along okay quite nicely but that they they feel a bit of feel a bit daft for, for, for worrying about certain aspects i don't think there's anything wrong with being worried about stuff um as long as you as long as you face the fears and as long as you you um understand them then i think they're um i think they're they're the healthy things to have Thanks once again for joining me on the Trade Entrepreneur Podcast. Like I always say, if you want to send us an email, it's david at trade-entrepreneur.co.uk. We're on Facebook and Twitter at TEP Show. And if you listen to this on Spotify, Amazon Music or Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button and it'll tell you when the next show is available. So thank you, Alistair, once again for joining us. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and we'll see you all again very soon.